pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello and welcome to a new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm John Bishop. Connor Happer and Josh Peterson will be joining me here as always this week and coming up on this week's show. Yep, we're going to relive what was a very memorable Tuesday night. A steal by Bello, and this is it. It's a career achievement unlocked. A first ever win versus number one. And the students bob the floor. Graduate assistant and former Blue Jay star Mitch Ballock will join us. Also coming up on today's program, we will hear from Mallory Brake, Creighton's senior women's guard, as the Blue Jay women sadly went down to defeat on Monday against the UConn Huskies, but there is still a lot of great season left, and of course postseason bids coming up for the Creighton women's basketball team. And then a little, a little bit later on, Connor Happer will have an update on the stick and ball sports, baseball and softball. It's all coming up this week on the 1620 The Jays podcast. But first, our visit with Mitch Ballock from earlier this week, the day after Creighton's win over UConn from Unsportsmanlike Conduct on 1620 The Zone. With as much work as you do, Mitch, I kind of consider you a full-time assistant. Are they paying you like one? Ha! <laughs> no, gra- just, just graduate assistant. I stay in okay. my lane and I help wherever I need to. What has surprised you, Mitch, before we get into the game, what has surprised you about this role for you versus, you know, what your time as a player? Uh, honestly, it's probably just the time commitment is the biggest thing. Um, as a player, you kind of do your classes, you take your middle-of-the-day nap, you have practice, and then you study up on kind of who you're guarding and the game plan and memorizing calls and kind of what we're doing offensively. Uh, that doesn't take – as long as it takes to actually put together the plan and and have adjustments and tweaks to the plan if the plan doesn't go well. So probably overall just a time commitment. And then second thing is just you have no control. Uh, (laughs) You can control a little bit, but at the end of the day, your hands aren't physically on the ball and you're not shooting shooting the shots. So that's that's a tough situation to be in. And and Mitch, you're recently, quote-unquote, retired from active competitive basketball. Is that a tough adjustment because – I mean, it's not that far in the past where you had the ball in your hands and a chance to actually affect the game. Is that a hard adjustment? Yeah. Uh, honestly, it's not. Um, I'm in a pretty good place. Uh, I put a lot of thought into making that adjustment. Um, honestly, I like being on the outside, kind of coaching guys um, in situations from maybe prior knowledge that I – from experience that I had to go through or – different things like that. But I, I honestly like the role. Um, I like kind of giving pointers here and there when I need to or, or if somebody asks for them or, or seeks out for some information, I just like helping them in that in that aspect. But honestly, eight months, nine months, whatever it is removed, uh, I'm in a pretty good headspace. I'm I'm, at, I'm content with my decision and 
I, I like the position, I like the role, and I like the people that I get to work with every day. Yeah, and Mitch, pardon me for just not remembering, but I'm curious as to your career, if there was a GA that was a similar age that you are now to the players, and I just wonder what that relationship, how that differs from a traditional assistant coach, given that they're usually going to be a bit older. Yeah. Um, when I was here, I had, there was Ty Nosh and Ricky Kreklow. Uh, that was a to start. I don't know if you remember those guys. Yeah, and, and Ricky was pretty much in the exact same spot as you, about the same age. Exactly. So it's just a different guy that you can essentially talk to. Um, I have to kind of straddle the line a little bit because essentially I'm one. I'm an extension of the coaching staff. So you kind of at the end of the day, I side with them. But at the end of the day, I also have the best interest of each and in, each and every one of the players. So. You kind of got to draw a line. Uh, you can kind of vent to them, vent with them um, about kind of what they see or what we're not doing or what they want to do or, or why we're not doing certain things um, and just kind of making them understand because when I was in the thick of it, when I was playing, when I was a part of the team, it's a lot harder to understand than when you're outside the lines looking in. Um, sometimes I'll tell Mac, I'll be like, Mac, I understand what you were saying to me when I was a junior uh, now, but I didn't understand it at the time. So being on that on that side, having different perspective and looking through a different lens um, really helps me kind of get through to the guys because, like you said, I'm, I'm very I'm, – I'm short removed from my playing career. Mitch Ballock, Creighton, graduate assistant, of course, former Jay himself. So let's get to the real reason we're talking today, and that, of course, is last night's game. I'm curious, Mitch, because one of the things you do, you're, you're very in-depth with the scouting. You're always looking ahead to the next opponent. You're kind of – figuring out trends, then you consult with the coaching staff, put together the game plan. As you were preparing for this game versus the first time around, having a game in the bag against UConn to work off of, what were you seeing besides the obvious things of offensive rebounding and turnovers that you thought we could improve upon to get last night's result? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I think our biggest thing, I mean, obviously, anytime you go on the road and play the number one team in the country and you essentially held them like 56 points on their home floor uh, with like two and a half minutes left. So, I mean, with some fouls late and here and there, they got the 62 or whatever. Um, we did what we needed to do defensively to win the game. Offensively, we struggled. We missed some open shots. We had some great looks. Um, so, basically, it's, it's fine-tuning the little things to catching and operating at 22 feet instead of 28 feet. I feel like at their place, they, their physicality really affected us. I think we played on our heels um, to start the game, and it, and it took us a while to adjust. And anytime we're operating at 28 feet instead of 22 feet in our offense, it's a lot harder to get to your spots and, and make those passes. Uh, I think we did a good job of emphasizing that. Mac does a really good job of, of showing clips and really getting through to the guys to, to show what we need to do and how we need to do it. And at the end of the day, like offensively, we were nowhere near where we were the first time we played them. I mean, right now we're we're flying up and down the floor. We're we're all kicking it ahead. We're all flattening the defense, and we're playing well off of each other, where it makes it very difficult to, to stop. Uh, one of our emphasis going in was just transition. Like our transition offense is better than their transition defense. So exploiting that, getting into stuff like that, and then just if if they stop that initial wave of our initial offense, then getting into some secondary stuff and and a lot of great pace. Uh, a lot of great movement, and then a lot of just setting screens, setting, slipping screens with a lot of pace. I think 
really develops kind of what we want to do offensively, and I thought those guys did a really good job executing what we wanted them to do. Yeah, and Mitch, obviously the first time that, that you played, it was just a different moment in the season for how the, the, the team was doing out there on the floor. I wonder how often the, the idea of like trust the process and, and like just continue to fall back on these things because even if the results aren't working the way that you would like for them, and whether it's early season games or games in February so far, that eventually it was going to come through as long as you just continue to do what you know you can do. It definitely does. Uh, we, we emphasize it. Obviously, we're a big process-oriented organization. Um, Mac puts a lot of stock in that, um, in development. Um, when you're going anytime, especially in today's world, like we have a core group of people, and then we're trying to implement some pieces that we've gotten from the transfer portal or from, or from red shirts last year and, and people in different positions. So when you have a new piece to the puzzle, you have to – it takes time. You know, it takes reps. And – January, maybe, I mean, maybe that's, we don't have enough reps yet. And I, I feel like our, our guys are starting to figure out one another better each and every day. And I think they're starting to play to their strengths and figure out who they are and how they fit into what we have going on. When you have that, I mean, obviously it's a little bit difficult to kind of get to that point and it's, it's stressful or, or the, the uh, your fan, your fan base a little impatient with it. But if you stick to that process, like you said, um, it, start to see the results and right now we're starting to see the results and obviously any day you make half your threes and 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 you're locked in defensively and on a string I mean you can put together recipe to win a lot of games so obviously you got to emulate that and try your best to keep keep it consistent Mitch Ballock joining us here on the 42 Degrees of Source Hotline. Speaking of the new piece, or one of the new pieces, Stephen Ashworth. I mean, the, yeah. the, the way this season has turned for him, and Mac has mentioned it on a couple of occasions. He mentioned it again last night. It was really the first UConn game where Ashworth started to take a little bit more of the initiative, and it's really branched off since then. Now, the defensive improvement had been happening long before that, but you were famously quoted in a preseason story talking about how good a shooter Ashworth is and that he might even be a better shooter than you were. Is it is it finally cool to see that prediction coming true with the way he's been bombing shots in as of late? Yeah, definitely. It definitely is. Obviously, I mean, we, we, we have the pleasure of seeing the guy every day shoot the ball, kind of his routine, his approach, and what he's able to do in specific drills or specific live action is, is a little different from a lot or most of college basketball and even even guys that I've, that I've seen play at the professional level um he just has the one thing he was missing like that new piece you know when you when you come into a new system you're you're trying to get your feet wet you're trying to see how your game fits with with Baylor's game Ryan's game and Trey's game and you're trying to not trying to step on toes but you're also a vocal leader so that's what he did first and then that swag and that like that confidence started to come out and, and now he's playing with it. And like you said, and Mac and I had a conversation a couple of days ago about it. The UConn thing being down 20 points on the road was the best thing that probably happened to the, our team. And the best thing that happened for him individually, because you kind of got to that point where everything went out the window. There was no stress. You could feel like the weight of the world off his shoulders. And he was just out playing basketball at the park. You know, he had an in and out layup downhill. He got a, off offensive rebound, they kicked to him. He had an and one at the rim. He had a tough three. And then that really, that, that swag and that confidence started to come out after that UConn game. And then we saw it at Seton Hall. I mean, he was a big reason why we won that game at Seton Hall. And then obviously when he puts it together defensively, what he did against Cam Spencer, I think personally is better than anything he did offensively or any of the shots he made. And I think that 
is a catalyst to our defense just as much as Falk is at the rim. You know, if we can take a guy completely out of the game like he did, I think that that pays dividends for our defense going forward. And I think everybody, everybody flourishes in the, from the offense on the offensive end when you're able to get stops and get out in transition and see some easy buckets go in. And we'll share some of those numbers talking about what he did, he being Stephen Ashworth against Cam Spencer here in just a little bit. Hey, Mitch, I wonder if you could speak uh, to just a little bit more that idea of the best thing that could have happened to us when it's kind of like a low point or, or a negative portion of the season. Like, How much of that is like a true belief versus a hope that that can be a lesson? Because I, I think rep, you know, recognizing that after the fact I think is always kind of easy, but doing so in the moment I think can be incredibly difficult. Yes, incredibly difficult. When you you can kind of see it when you're around guys, um, you can kind of see their confidence is wavered or they're or they're acting or playing a little bit different. Um, so when something like that happens, um, you start to and maybe you don't feel like you have the trust of your teammates or the trust of your players or, or whatever. Like I've been in that situation. Max had me seven seven straight shots to make a three, and I missed six of them, and finally made the seventh. And you kind of get a smile on your face, and then you know that it starts to turn, but you're playing with the psychology of like a, of especially of a shooter, but overall as a basketball player. And Steven was kind of battling that. Um, in that UConn game, um, he, I'd say it was the best thing that ever happened to us just because um, he wasn't there. Like he wasn't playing with that confidence. He was a little timid. He wasn't his normal self from what, what, what he was at Utah State. Um, when you're down 20, you have nothing to lose. So, he really like he gained the trust from himself. He gained the trust from us, and he gained the trust from most importantly, I mean, his teammates. Those are the guys he's playing with. And when when you're down twenty on the road as the number one team in the country, you expect. I mean, human nature is you're probably just going to put your head down and kind of wait for the wait for the seconds to tick off the clock. But he did the he did the exact opposite. Um, he kind of got us back into that game. I think we cut it to ten, uh, largely in part to what he was doing. Um, I think when you do stuff like that, when you're out of the fight and you give us a chance, I think you start to earn a lot of respect from from the coaching staff, from your from your teammates, and most importantly, from yourself. I mean, you, essentially, if, if you don't think you can do it and you don't have the confidence to do it, then you can't. But if you think you can do it, then they'll take, the, take your team a long way and then everybody kind of feeds off that position, especially at the point guard position. You know, that's your leader. And he does it vocally. He's done it all year. He's been... He shows up every day. He has a great attitude. He never not talks. Um, he always brings just that energy that everybody feeds off of. And when your point guard starts to play to that level, then everybody starts to follow. And I, I, I couldn't. That makes sense. Yeah, I I, it absolutely. Yeah, it absolutely does, Mitch. I mean, you know, watching him on the road, um, and even after losses, I mean, he's he just has a, a vibe about him. Kind of reminds me of you, actually, Mitch. Um, in in just uh, that, he's. he's 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 ways he's by far beyond where I was uh, in that situation, and I, I mean I credit I credit him to that because it's tough, man. Like I don't I'm not a big social media guy. People are big social media guys, especially in today's world. And I'm sure he was getting bashed on social media. I'm sure he was. You know, it's 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 hard, especially when you come from a situation where you have the ball in your hand and you average 17 a game and you shoot all the shots and and you're a large part of the offense to take in maybe a secondary role the guys that we have now I mean it's an adjustment process and he's handled it like you said John with with grace and 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 patience and he it's it's helped him and it's benefited us overall and it's benefited him largely in part to the success he's eventually had 
first ever win against the number one team. It's only the second time Creighton has beaten a top three rated team. Do you remember your first start? <laughs> I do remember my first start. Would you would you like a would you like a quick reminder of that uh, last start? Here was uh, 2018 Villanova. Balik wants the three. Mitch Balik five points bank three pointer. Jays by one. Timeout with 29 seconds left. First start against Villanova. About almost the same time. Yeah, how about that? Five years ago. Five no six five six. I can't even remember now. I'm lost. I'm lost. Six on, years ago. Six years ago. Yeah, this is 14. That was 18. What do you remember about that game? What do I remember? I remember. I remember the day we had shoot around and everything, and I remember Ronnie Harrell was not there because he had to go to the doctor for an infection. And I remember about an hour before the game, Max said I was starting. So then that was a completely different headspace and mentality that I had to come in with. Um, I remember, I remember Marcus Foster had a good game. Kyrie always, I mean, those guys always carried us. Uh, I remember Jacob Epperson had a really good game. I threw a flip up to him and he had a dunk and the crowd went wild. And then I remember Marcus trusted me enough to swing that one more to me in the corner and Jalen Brunson was a little late and not in the gap. And I ended up hitting that three. Um, you had eight assists. Remember that you had eight assists in that game. That might've been your career high. You had eight assists in that game. Yeah, I I don't remember having eight assists, but... Uh, I got the box score right in front of me. 13 points, six rebounds, eight assists. Heck, you were Baylor Shireman before Baylor Shireman. All right, all right, all right. We, I might have showed some glimpses of it, but he's definitely <laughs> magnified that. That's true. You couldn't play defense. <laughs> oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa, John. You've been, you've been hanging around Coach Mack a little bit. <laughs> Oh, good times though. I, hey, pull the numbers. Pull the numbers on that. That's what we need to pull. What? Which numbers? On your? I don't d- know. Defensive rating or something. I, well, I, I, they don't show those on the. Come box on, John. Score. Get the advanced analytics. Going. Let's see. Oh wait, Mitch yeah, did have the advanced oh, analytics. John, hang on. You did have three steals. There it is in that game. So there you go. There's your defense. Mm-hmm. There's your there defense. I had to be. I had to be in the right. Maybe I just got lucky three times. Sometimes that happens too. I mean, you're no Leo Chanel or you know Chris Jones, but you're, you're pretty good. <laughs> I do my part. You do. You do your part. Everyone does more, their part. And uh, it's more it, like a Sorensen, you know. We'll throw it back to the first Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I, I lack a little ability, but I try my best, and I'm going to hit somebody. You absolutely will. Well, Mitch, uh, that was that was a lot of fun last night. Uh, you know, the crowd being on the floor. You remember what it, what's like. You know, when when people are that juiced up. It was a great atmosphere last night. And the good news is, you got an extra day today to kind of wind down. Extra day before the weekend because it's kind of hard to reset, isn't it? Yeah. After you get a big emotional win, to kind of remember, hey, this isn't the end of the line. We still got work to do. No question, no question, and, and it's always—I mean, it's like that saying everybody always says it: the most important game is the next one. And those guys are mature enough, and they'll be locked in. And once you taste a little bit of success, you you want more. So uh, we'll have those guys locked in. We'll have a good game plan coming into New York on Sunday, and then we'll take care of business. And, and like you said, it's not the end of the road; it's just a stepping stone to where we want to get to. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra. Just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And now as the 1620 The Jays podcast continues, here is Josh Peterson. John, thank you so much. We welcome onto the podcast this week from the Creighton women's basketball team. It is senior Mallory Brake. Mallory, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? I'm great. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. You know, just just woke up a little bit ago, but <laughs> I'm good. Good, good. Yeah, you are fresh off of the uh, the trip to uh, Connecticut to take on UConn. Obviously, that game didn't go the way that you would have liked, but I'm curious how you feel the season has gone big picture for not only the team, but also yourself individually. Yeah, I think big picture. Yeah, coming off the sting last night obviously wasn't wasn't great, but big picture, I think we've we've been over the moon about the season. You know, we having eleven straight wins in a row was um, not easy to do. I know, like the conference, like we expect to like be in the position we are, um, but it's still it's hard to win like eleven straight games and you know find ways to win and be twenty one and four. Um, so. Yeah, I think we're 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 happy with where we're at, but we're not we're not satisfied. You know, we're we got a lot of work left to do. So for sure, and this is a group. Obviously, we talk about it seemingly on every broadcast that has been together for quite a few years, and so it seems like that chemistry is perhaps at an all time high. Do, do you think that the eleven game winning streak would have been possible without you know this group of of players, this core of players being together for so long? Yeah, we've we've had a lot of great leaders in the past. Um, Tammy Sarda, Tatum Rimbaud, Carly, Rachel, Peyton, Chloe. Like, we've had a lot of great uh, leaders in the past, but something about, like, just, like, us being on, the, like, the same class, like, I don't know, playing together, like you said, forever, um, not much change there, um, I think definitely has kind of um, helped our on-court chemistry and off-court. Um, yeah, so it's it's probably had a little bit to do with our success, but I don't know. We Like I said, we've had, we've had a lot of great um, groups of girls in the past, so... And you in particular, you have, and again, I, I call back to the broadcast that I've done with Rob Sims this year. We seemingly talk about your uptick in production. Like every game, you're playing a lot more minutes. Your efficiency is up seemingly across the board. Your your metrics are essentially up everywhere. I wonder uh, how this has happened. Was this something that you thought going into your senior year that, that would be possible? Or was this something that maybe came uh, over the course of this season to this point? No, I think honestly, like it started for me in June. Like I knew with 
like Carly and Rachel leaving, like there was a role to be filled there. And I like being a kind of a versatile player. I knew I could kind of fill some of that high activity role. Um, so I was excited and I like, I saw it for myself. I don't know if other people <laughs> were caught off guard by this. Um, but yeah, I worked, I worked hard in June and, um, the fall and then eventually like it kind of unfolded itself, um, stepping into the season. So no, I was, I was kind of excited to kind of step into this role and run away with it. And I obviously, um, am happy with what I've been doing, but, um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I saw it coming, but <laughs> that's awesome. And and one of the things I think that jumps out to me every game is the, the active hands on defense, whether it is taking the ball away, whether it is blocking the defender and, and you, you do such a good job in making sure there's no contact with your body or, or with your arms. Uh, how, how much pride do you take in being able to be that good on the defensive end? Yeah, I take a lot of pride. I definitely like, um, even like yesterday I was kind of bummed. I didn't like have any steals or whatever. Um, Paige was a tough cover for sure, but I definitely like take a lot of pride in trying to disrupt the passes. Um, that's something we've definitely focused on too. Even the last month is like just taking away the reversal pass. Um, and you know, making, making the catches a lot harder. So I kind of have taken a lot of pride in that aspect and trying to get my hands on whatever I can deflections. And even if I don't come out with the steal, like getting a deflection is huge. You know, it throws their whole offense out of rhythm. Somebody else can maybe get their hands on it. Um, so yeah, I, I take a lot of pride. I have fun with it. So it's it's been good. That's great. Let's go all the way back to uh to when you got into the sport. You're from Minnesota, you're from Hastings, Minnesota. What was it about basketball that that had you fall in love with it at an early age? Yeah, I I played three sports growing up. Um, softball, volleyball, basketball, dabbled a little bit with track in high school, but I don't know. I started competing AU wise with basketball. Um fourth grade specializing. So I kind of just trickled into like, you know, playing in college you, at probably eighth grade. I realized I was going to want to play in college um, and be playing with like Lauren Jensen, Paige Beckers, Courtney Beckers at Drake. Um, so many great players. It's, it's been fun. And, you know, it, it was, it was really competitive upbringing um, for basketball in that sense. Um, we won a lot of games and we were like, I played for a competitive club, um, when nationals are 16 new year. So I don't know. It's, it's, it definitely kind of formed itself, um, kind of specializing at a young age. So I kind of knew early that it was, it was basketball for me. <laughs> what was it like playing, uh, it just in that era, I, I feel like years from now, people are going to talk about that era of Minnesota girls basketball and what it led into. What was it like being a part of that? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I felt like, I mean, looking back, they always say like, you guys are going to like, you guys are going to miss this time of your life. Like you don't take it for granted, like really soak this all in. Soak, soak, soak it up with the players that you're playing with. And now looking back, I'm like, that was so much fun. Like I, I miss playing with Maddie Wilkie. She's at Utah. I mean, thankfully I got Lauren Jensen here with me, <laughs> but no, it was, it was a lot of fun. It, um, it really does kind of help shape the player you are today because it's like, you learn like toughness. Like we, we ran, you know, like, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, necessarily it doesn't like make me a better basketball player, but it definitely kind of instilled some men mental toughness in, in, in me now. Um, and it, it was just, it was a lot of fun having so much talent in the state of Minnesota, um, and traveling and yeah, it was, it was good stuff for sure. I, I miss it, but, um, it's it's a good memory. Absolutely. You mentioned eighth grade is is when you you know start thinking you could play at the next level. W when did Creighton enter the picture for you, and why ultimately did you decide to become a Blue Jay? I think Creighton might have 
sent me like a letter freshman year, I think maybe. Um, and I didn't know anything about crayon. I was like, where is it? <laughs> and my mom was like, oh, I think you should go visit. And I think I might've visited my sophomore year fall. And I fell in love with Omaha. Like I love the city. It was like the perfect size I felt like for me. And I'm, I'm a foodie. So I love like the coffee shops, the restaurants, all of that. Um, and the academic side of it was awesome. Um, Cause ultimately like we're here to get a degree. Um, so that was really something that stuck out to me. And then just like the coaches, the coaching staff was like, so great. I don't know. You like, you can like, you can tell when you go on these visits, like, like the difference in coaching staff. So I think, and like the, the team chemistry is something huge. Like I want to like, when I go from high school, the transition of going from high school to college, like I want to go from like my best friends here to there, you know, and it wasn't, it was not forced at Creighton. And I could tell like that they were really best friends and like hung out off the court and all of that. Um, and so that really stuck out for me. So I ended up visiting quite a few times my sophomore year, went to some games. Um, and then, um, I think it was my junior spring. Cause we all, I don't know if anybody like knows this, but we had like a crazy window of commitments for our class. So I think like the winter, like either it was like Morgan commit Emma, I think Emma committed first. I don't know. And then Morgan committed and then Jamie committed. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, like, is the scholarship going to be up? So then I got on the phone and I committed. It was crazy. Um, and then Molly ended up committing that summer, but, um, yeah, so it was, it was a quick for me. It felt quick. Cause I, I'm a slow mover on that stuff. Like I really <laughs> take my time and try to like really do a thorough process. Cause it is a big decision. But um, yeah, I ended up committing my junior spring. So that's awesome. You you mentioned you're a foodie. What's uh what's your favorite Omaha spot to eat? Okay, I love Gather in Omaha. Um, shout out to them. Via Farina, Avoli Asteria. Um, yeah, those are some of my favorites. Um, yeah, those are like my ride or dies. I'd go with them. So Mallory, end of the season is coming up. There's three uh, games left, including a couple at home starting this weekend versus Villanova. As you look back now at, at your career, um, what are some of the memories that are sticking with you as this senior year uh, is about to wind up for you? You know, I mean, it's it's been a fun four years here at Crayon. I think obviously the lead eight run is something that I will take with me to my grave. That was something that nobody can take away from us. And it was so much fun, uh, filled with memories. Um, this season has been a memorable one, um, winning straight 11 straight in a row. I mean, you can't really beat that. Um, or 10, 10, 11, 11, right. A lot of games. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, you stop counting. Right. But, um, no, this season has been so much fun. Cancun. Um, so it's, it's good. That's for, that's for sure. It's been a whole lot of fun to cover. It's been a whole lot of fun to watch. Mallory, uh, you were a pleasure to talk to on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, good luck this weekend versus Nova and the rest of the season into the postseason and beyond. Appreciate your time on the podcast. Thank you so much. John, back to you. Next up for the women's basketball team, it's their annual pink out game coming up on Saturday against the Villanova Wildcats. Tip-off time at 11 a.m. With a win, the Blue Jays could basically cinch up second place in the Big East Conference standings. As it stands right now, they're two full games ahead of Villanova with, of course, a tiebreaker. Should they win, second place would essentially be theirs. And if you would like to find out more information about the Creighton versus Cancer pink out game, make sure you visit gocreighton.com. And there are still tickets available. You can check them out as well at gocreighton.com.
And now here is Connor Happer. Thanks, John. Welcome back. More of the 1620 The Jays podcast this week as we go deeper and deeper into the crossover season where spring sports are starting to get into full gear and we start to get toward postseason time in the winter sports as well. Let's take a look at our update for the Jays baseball and softball teams. We'll start with baseball as they started their season in Baltimore against Coppin State. And they went 2-0 and over the weekend in kind of a funky way. So they took the first game 24 to nothing on Friday and then were scheduled to play one on Saturday and one on Sunday. And they got cold and snowed out on Saturday. So they basically staged a two seven-inning games on Sunday. They had to come back from down in the first game on Sunday, come back, win 9-6 to in the eighth, and then in game two, they jumped out to a 25-2 lead before the game was ultimately called. And at that point, it did not meet, meet the threshold of the three and a half innings it needs to make the game official. And the Jays had to pay dearly and leave their 23-run lead on the cutting room floor, basically. They don't get credit for any of that stuff. So 25 more runs um, could have been on the ledger for the Jays, and they were able to do so in three offensive innings on Sunday, and those were left. They still had a big game on Friday with that 24-0 win, but they were really able to pad their stats. That would have looked nice going into the second weekend of the season. Either way you cut it, sophomore outfielder Tate Gillen was named the Big East Player of the Week for his performance on the first weekend. Over those two games, he went 5-for-7, which is a 7-14 batting average. Scored four runs, stole two bases, and drove in five. He actually notched Creighton's first run of the season with a steal of home in the Jays' 24-0 win on Friday. Other performances of note, uh, Friday starter Tom Cancellari threw four innings of four-hit ball, struck out four, and grabbed their first win of the season. And basically every other arm got some action with an inning or two over the weekend, Mason Cook picked up the other win in that 9-6 to comeback win in Game 2 on Sunday. So a nice, easy start for the Blue Jays, who deal with a little bit of cold right out of the gate and some wonky stuff going on. But they're back on the road for yet another weekend this coming weekend in Sugarland, Texas. It's Houston Christian, UTSA, and UIC this weekend before they return to Sugarland next weekend and get the trio of Air Force, Louisiana Tech, and then Army. And then before you know it, we're just a couple weeks away, Tuesday, March 5th, at home against UMass Lowell at Charles Schwab Field in Omaha. We'll be excited to bring that to you on one of our NRG media stations. I'll be on the call, I believe, with Nick Hanley for that game and for a lot of the uh, early games before John gets back from the, uh, the basketball schedule that should hopefully keep him busy um, for uh, quite a ways into March. There's your baseball update as we head over to softball. And they've had an interesting start to their season as well. They have two weekends in the books so far, and they have jumped out to a 6-2 and two start to their young season. They've done it with some flash opening weekend. They grabbed three wins in San Marcos, Texas. They beat Northwestern State, UTSA, and Kennesaw State before losing games, or I guess in between losing games, to Southern Illinois and Texas State. Then in the second weekend, they were down at the Hatter Classic in DeLand, Florida, which is hosted by Stetson, hence the Hatters. 
swept the games they got in. Wins over Bethune-Cookman, Stetson, and Colgate. They were scheduled to get two more on Sunday, or I guess Saturday night into Sunday, and they were rained out. Weather prevented those from happening. So a 3-0 weekend in weekend number two for the Jays, and that's led to their 6-2 and two start. And the honors kept on rolling in for freshman Natalia Pacino. She was named Big East Pitcher of the Week this past week, and she was also named Big East Freshman of the Week during the opening week of the season. This past weekend, she threw 11 and a third scoreless innings with 11 strikeouts. Pacino leads the Big East with a .34 ERA, allowing just one run over 20 and a third innings pitched so far this year. She ranks second in the Big East with 24 total strikeouts to get her season going. Creighton's offense is being paced by Madeline Vavoda, who leads the Jays in hitting at 333. She's also tied for the team lead in RBI with four. Kayla Nielsen has been great so far this season as well, hitting 286 and leading the team in total bases so far this year with 10. But it hasn't been about the offense so far for the Jays softball. It's been about the defense, and it's been about the pitching on the young season. This weekend, Creighton's headed to the West Coast for the Libby Mad. Uh, excuse me, Libby Matson tournament, which is hosted by Pacific in Stockton, California. Jays will take on Nevada and Pacific twice, or at least this is what they're scheduled to do. Nevada and Pacific twice, Stony Brook on Sunday, and then they'll get a late start to their home slate this year. There's still two more weekends on the road after that, although one is in conference at St. John's before finally opening up their home slate against Ryder on Wednesday, March the 13th. So an extra week on the road for the Creighton softball team. It's kind of flipped this year from what it usually is where softball will be hosting games in the area before the baseball team is hosting games in the area. One final thing um, before we get you out of here. I I feel like this is an important update to me. Uh, If you haven't got a chance, and you'll hopefully get to soon when you visit us out at the ballpark, go check out Creighton Baseball's social media from a couple days ago, depending on when you're listening to this Wednesday evening, Creighton showed off their new threads, their baseball uniforms, and yes, they are joining the trend of going all baby blue. Man, it is a sharp look. Creighton in script with the underline underneath it, kind of an old school retro vibe to it, mixing it with the new school. That is a sharp look. Can't wait to see them going here at the Chuck in just a couple of weeks. That is your baseball softball update. Been a good start for both of those teams, and they'll have an opportunity to keep it going with some non-con games before we head into Big East play coming up just around the corner. That's it for me this week. I'm Connor Happer. We'll get it back to John Bishop. John. Thanks, Connor. Let's take a look at where the Jays are going to be this weekend. Tennis. Men's tennis will be taking on Doan in Omaha. That'll be Friday afternoon. Softball gets underway with their action out in California. First game will be 2:15 on Friday at Nevada. And the second game, 6:45 versus Pacific. Baseball headed down to Texas. And they'll be facing several different opponents really over the next two weeks. It'll start Friday night against Houston Christian. 
Then, Friday night, 7 o'clock, women's tennis takes on the Omaha Mavericks. Baseball back in action on Saturday at 11 a.m. against UTSA. At that same time, women's basketball tipping off against Villanova in the Creighton versus Cancer game over at Sokol Arena. Find out more at GoCreighton.com. Softball will be taking on Nevada on Saturday afternoon, and then we'll follow up with another game against Pacific while the men's tennis team is at Omaha. Baseball will continue through the weekend. And don't forget, of course, on Sunday, the Creighton men back on the floor, this time at Madison Square Garden, as they battle Rick Pitino and the St. John's Red Storm. Pre-game coverage begins Sunday morning at 9, tip-off 11 a.m. Omaha time. And that's a look at what's happening this week in Creighton Athletics. That'll do it for this week's 1620 The Jays podcast. For Josh Peterson and Connor Happer, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.